this is Give Me Some Truth. This podcast features appearances from Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and myself, Mitch DeWitt, from Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. Give Me Some Truth is dedicated to providing an accessible and authentic view into the financial services industry, as well as current events and investment concepts that you can apply in your day-to-day life. Here are your hosts. Give me some truth. Today we have Clint, Mitch, and myself, Nate, in the booth today talking about what a modern financial planning firm looks like by way of efficiencies and whether or not your advisors are adhering to what we believe is the uh, correct format for how you should run a financial planning firm nowadays. Yeah, it's kind of table stakes now. I would say that uh, you know certain things have to occur to be to what I'd consider to be a modern financial planning practice. And if your financial advisor is not doing these sorts of things, um, you might want to ask them why, uh, or you might want to shop around a bit more and find another financial advisor. And the reason why we bring this topic up is that I think it's incredibly important because, uh, you know, if you're not keeping up with the times, uh, things are changing so quickly. And I know that's kind of a cliche statement to make, but I mean, literally things are changing so fast right now that your financial advisor has to keep up. Otherwise, they're simply going to be passed by. And to be clear, this is not a, uh, an advertisement for us or this isn't shining a spotlight on, on you know um, us kind of saying how great we do things. Uh, there's a lot of financial planning firms that do things in a way that we would say, yes, they're doing it right. Um, so it's really more of kind of a mindset uh, of what a modern financial planning firm should look like or feel like. Um, and, and then on the other side of the scale, there's the, the uh, firms that still do it, what we would refer to as the old school way or, or what Clint and I like to refer to as the yellow pad way. Um, and our issue with that, um, I guess, uh, uh, way of running a firm is you're missing something as a client if you are with um, an advisory firm that still believes in uh, yellow pads, um, you know, handwritten spreadsheets, um, even things like file cabinets in the office. Uh, we we strongly believe that that is um, kind of shortchanging the client, and they're not really getting what they should be getting out of the relationship. Now, because we're kind of in our own firm and our own bubble, uh, Mitch, you have a little bit more experience uh, over there seeing how other advisors work since you're working with a bunch of other advisors in your uh, previous uh, firm. And so uh, just spend a moment kind of talking about how they did business. And, uh, you know, was that more of kind of a yellow pad shop or was it, it more progressive and, and more technology based? Definitely yellow pad shop. Moving here, I found that we have the ability to quickly adapt and actually leverage a lot of the software. Software is one of the first things that comes to mind, but there are a lot of not only software, but just other things that we can use to help make us more efficient in our jobs. And and that's not only just operationally as a, a small business, but that's also even just client interaction, client service models, the way that we 
touch and reach our clients, all things that drive efficiencies for the whole process, whether it's our business itself or the way we're running our meetings, the way that we're using presentations even. For I think of in our conference room, we throw up financial plans on an Apple TV. That's something that I didn't have the capability of in the past, and it's a way that we can quickly adapt if, if something changes in a client's plan, but also show it to reflect the most recent information that we have. And I think it's a great uh, call out there. And, and I think that part of the problem there uh, with the previous firm is that, you know, you have a really large corporation and they have to try to deliver a very standard experience to everybody and they can't have that open architecture of the software. And so you can't just like we do software demos all the time in our office uh, to make sure that we have the most current software uh, the most efficient software, and to be able to deliver the best client experience. And for a large firm to be able to do that and roll that out to their clients, it literally takes years. Yeah, that's one thing that Clint and I have, have tried to pride ourselves on in, in um, uh, you know, running the firm over the last six years. We heard a, a good piece of advice at a conference a few years ago which said that as an advisory firm, if you are not changing one of your major software packages um, – changing at least one per year, you are falling behind. And we kind of took that to, uh, to heart as a, as a good base, um, baseline, a rule of thumb to say, okay, on a yearly basis, let's look at changing one of our major systems. And to be clear, not change just to change. Um, if we get to a year and it just doesn't appear that there's something better out there, then, then obviously we wouldn't change. But the idea of saying, let's openly look at a major software change on an annual basis to, at a minimum, um, make sure that our clients are getting the best of what's out there, uh, but even more so, uh, so that we stay abreast of the changes that are happening from a technological standpoint and the different offerings that are available this year that might not have been available last year. Even something that I'm thinking about is, is in the client onboarding process. Because in my past life, that was something that I couldn't do any electronic signatures, and it seems so obvious, right? The expectation from our clients and a lot of customers and consumers out there in general, they want to do things online. They want to just get it done now. And there are still times where account openings and transfers do take a few weeks, depending on which type of account it is, where assets might be coming from on the, the other firm, the contra firm, as we call it side. But if we can get an electronic signature, clients just want, once they're on board, they want to they want to sign the paperwork and they want to get the accounts open and get the transfers going. So something as simple like that even seems obvious, but that's something that I didn't have the capability of. Well, I think it's important too from a risk tolerance perspective. If the risk tolerance is really off, you know, if we do a risk tolerance on somebody and it's and it's much higher, much lower than what they're presently at, getting that transfer over faster is uh, beneficial because if you have a market upswing or downswing, you might not be able to take advantage of that. Um, so, you know, if that transfer process can be cut down to seven to 10 business days because those e-signatures, e that's a huge advantage, I think, from our firm. And it, it's also easier for us to follow up. Um, the communication is, is far better um, from what I saw previously uh, when Nate and I were over at a different broker-dealer. Um, the communication is just far better in these electronic environments uh, because it's more automated. And then things that are not in good order get sent right back to us and we can address them immediately. So, you know, I think from a paperwork perspective, I, I echo that, uh, Mitch, I think it's a great point that we can cut that down. And I, I think another spot is the financial planning software that we all utilize now. 
Um, if your advisor is still using spreadsheets or an antiquated uh, program, I mean, the software packages are incredible right now, and they do take a, a significant learning curve. But um, that being said, I mean, it, you know, there is just such a better experience for somebody that's going with uh, modern financial planning software than if they were using you know, kind of that yellow pad. Okay, we're going to do a quick, uh, you know, compound interest calculator, and that's going to be good enough for you. That is that is woefully inadequate in this day and age. So let's just go around the room here and let's let's identify because uh, it might be different for each of us. Uh, kind of what we think are the top two or three uh, areas where um, you know if, if if an advisor out there is doing it um, the way that we all used to do it ten years ago versus the way that efficient firms are running it nowadays. Um, that that is uh, definitely putting them uh, in a bad spot. So I'll, I'll start. For me, that my top two or three would be, um, I'll echo Mitch's um, uh, comment on e-signatures and, and DocuSign as, as an example. Uh, that is one big one for me. If you're, if you're dealing with a firm that, that, that can't do that, um, you need to be careful. Second one is something as simple as online calendaring. Um, so if you're working with, a, with an advisor and you can't go on their website and book an appointment or change an appointment or, um, you know, even, even ask a question online and, you know, to, to, to get a clarification on something, you know, that's an issue. And, and the last is um, document storage. Uh, if you're still dealing with advisors that have file cabinets and you see them toting files around or bringing files into meetings, uh, boy, that, that's, that's, uh, that's, 10, 15, 20 years ago technology, and you got to be a little careful with that. Um, you know, a fire in somebody's office, and all of a sudden, what happens, you know, the next day, the next week, the next month. So for me, that would be my three. Clint, what do you think? Um, actually, I'm going to let it go to Mitch, because I think that the last person has the hardest job. So, because oh. you gave oh. three. I mean, I that's, three. Yeah, yeah. you gave three, and well, you're going mean, like, to take these all out here. So Mitch, Mitch I'll let you go perform, next. So Tough to follow. Yeah, wow. that's right. <laughs> so I'm thinking, similar to the file cabinet mentality, Printouts, right? Just the fact of paper printouts. And, and I'm going to relate that to the financial plan itself. And I'm guilty of this in my past life, by the way, which is just a couple of years at Merrill Lynch. But um, I'm guilty of this. And that's printing out a financial plan, which you can't change it. Once it's printed out and it's given to the client, they can do what they want with it, but they, they are relying on that document. And as we know, things change in people's financial lives. They they change not only in the financial lives, but personal lives, and that needs to be reflected in the plan. Using an advisor that has some sort of software that can be iterative, they can make changes on the fly, and then also, if that... Iterative? Yes. Iterative? I'm going to look that That's up great. right now. He's an MBA. No, I, he I'm knows this word. Is, and I'm going to yeah. give him his respect. <laughs> this is great. That. But I'm still looking this up. It doesn't mean that he's not without a... Uh, you know, a Scrabble type, uh, you know, uh, careful usage of words. I don't, By the I don't way, know. I, Courtney had the other day. She plays, so she plays Scrabble online with her parents and everything. And so, uh, my wife Courtney the other day did teriyaki. It was like an eighty-point wow. word score. It was great. <laughs> now, did now, you just you just end the game? Are we you done? You just walk <laughs> away once you do that? Yeah, it's a teriyaki. That would be a great one. Like if that actually lined up. Now I will say that she had to ask me how to spell it. So you know, but but she put uh, it together. Does that count then? I don't know if that counts then. Well, you can use a dictionary, so I guess that could have. You know, she would have probably used that. Okay, well maybe she's she's playing with her dad, Steve. So if Steve is listening to this. Sorry, Steve. I may have. I may have cheated. For oh, you mean you weren't even playing? And she asked you? No, she asked oh, me in the car. That's huh. no, yeah, no. That's Steve wins that game. Sorry. 
Sorry, keep going, Mitch. I interrupted. That's all right. So, Nate, by the way, keep me posted if I use that word in the correct context. Just because I have an MBA doesn't necessarily mean I had English courses. Likewise, with my undergrad studies, engineering didn't require a whole lot of English, so keep me in tune with that. was right, though. That was proper <laughs> usage. I will, I will say that. So an iterative plan, right? That's that's where this all began. And And instead of having a static plan that you print out and give it to the client, there's ways now that the client can have access where they can actually log into their software online from home, from work, wherever they are, they can access what their plan looks like and see how that is currently up to date. Well, and I, I will, let me just jump in on that. That, that to me feels like, uh, you know, a printed out plan is very much like the folded up maps that we all used to have in our glove compartment, right? It tells you where you need to go and it will give you accurate information on where you need to go. The problem is if you're driving with a map and somebody next to you is driving with a GPS and the GPS tells the other person that there's an accident three miles down the road and you'd be better off taking a different path to save yourself a half hour of sitting in traffic, that's the comparison that I would use to a modern financial plan planning firm. They have the GPS. They can see what's happening in real time. Yes, the map will still get you where you're trying to go, but the map is not uh, you know, intuitive to say, here's the best way to do this because of what just developed in the last hour or two hours, um, as opposed to something that is just, you know, printed out on a piece of paper and it never changes once it's printed. And Mitch, that's kind of, to your point, that the kind of fully integrated experience too, you know, pulling in outside accounts, et cetera, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, we offer that where, you know, you can pull in your outside accounts into uh, your financial planning software and also your performance-based software. And, and I think that gives you a better experience when you're able to see your entire financial life on one page. And there's some limitations with using some of that software like, like a mint.com. We have more of kind of the investment-related kind of mint.com sort of software where you can pull in those outside accounts and, those, and liabilities as well if you want to. And, uh, you know, I, I think that experience really, really helps you when you're able to see everything in real time as, as you guys are talking about. You know, you go through a 20% downturn in the market. Well, let's see how that's impacted your financial plan. So um, some other things that I would say are really important. Um, number one, your rebalance software. Um, you know, historically speaking in the past, and I think this is so important, historically speaking in the past, what people would do is they'd come into financial advisors' offices and they'd say, okay, well, you know, here's where I'm at today. And the advisor would say, okay, well, you know, we need to make these changes to bring you back into balance. And they do this on a periodic basis. And they might do that on, you know, semi-annually or annually. Or if, if you're way back in the day, you know, some clients you see every three years and some clients you see every six months. So first of all, uh, we have everyone on a regular schedule and seeing them. But second of all, um, doing regular rebalancing that's on an automated basis. So for example, we, we try uh, to get a rebalance done every month. Uh, we run the rebalance engine. It doesn't mean that everybody's account is rebalanced, but we just check the parameters and make sure the client accounts are staying into balance. And then if we have extreme market conditions, we usually take a look at, okay, well, you know, does this have an impact on the rebalance? And if it does, we might run the rebalance engine a few times a month. And, you know, we use no transaction fees in many cases, uh, no transaction fee funds in many cases. And therefore, by utilizing that, um, you know, we don't have a lot of extra trading costs and we do watch taxation and things like that. So there's a lot involved in it. But, uh, you know, if your advisor is not using any sort of regular rebalance software, that's a huge flaw in their investment management process. And then, uh, you know, and let's just unpack that one just just a minute, because I think that's a super, super important point. Ask the question, right? 
what software, what rebalance software product are they using? You as a customer, as a client, you can ask that question and you can ask them from a detail standpoint, explain to me how that actually works. Um, you know, if you're rebalancing all of your clients' portfolios and if the answer that comes back to you is not a concise, um, you know, clear, easy to understand explanation, uh, that, that should, that should stand out in your mind as a warning flag. Should it not Clint? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you need to find out and have confidence that the investment management is occurring on an ongoing basis. And, and advisors use a lot of different tools for this. I mean, they may use separately managed accounts where they actually outsource the investment management. You as a client should know if they're doing that. Um, you know, we have a couple separately managed accounts, but by and large, we manage all the assets in-house, um, utilizing models, um, and we rebalance back back to those models. So you should find out a bit more about the, uh, you know, investment philosophy that a firm uses. And, uh, find out whether that's adequate for your own personal situation. I mean, some people may be okay trading once a year, um, but I want to know that even if I trade once a year, I want to know that I'm actually being looked at for trades multiple times over the course of a year. Another thing that I've been thinking about too is the way that we meet our clients. So typically we meet in person annually for most, semi-annually for, for others, kind of depending on the needs and situation of the clients. But we also have a lot of clients that aren't necessarily in Madison, Wisconsin. Most of our clients are in the Dane County area in Wisconsin here, but there are some that are in California, Arizona, Michigan, other parts of the country. Another thing is to figure out, can my advisor meet in a video call? What other options are there besides the in-person meeting? So that's another thing that we do, which seems obvious, right? It's one of those things that technology is clearly there, but our advisors actually capitalizing on that opportunity to meet their clients in other ways. Yeah, and I think working on that medium uh, is one thing that we are working on as a firm. You know, we use, we've use we used a different uh, bunch of different sort of video conferencing software tools. Right now we're on Zoom, which seems to work well. Sharing that screen with somebody, uh, going through that experience with them, uh, that's virtual. I mean, you can never replace a face-to-face conversation, but you can get close on a video call. On a phone call, I really think it's it's not very personal personally and and I would much prefer to work with somebody on a video call rather than just going on that typical um, analog phone call for sure well and, and that also speaks to um, the the benefit that it gives their our clients that are not in the same geographic re- region as us however there's a lot of clients that are in the same geographic region that it just makes it easier for them to do a video uh, appointment or a video conference, uh, even if they literally live right down the street from us, uh, whether it be, you know, um, childcare or whether it be just a busy schedule or whether it be, you know, I mean, we have construction outside of our street right now. You know, if somebody decided, hey, I live five minutes away from their office, but this would just be a lot easier to do as a video chat, uh, we can do that. And, and I think that that flexibility is what allows all of our clients, whether they're five minutes down the street or whether they're three states over, to be able to still get the face-to-face interaction that they deserve. That's even. Exactly Oh, I was going to say, even in the the winter, there's been times where clients have given us head up, hey, there's a storm. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. They might be three miles outside of town here, but in that case, that's another option. We can still have that meeting, but just to to be safe on the roads, right, and, and avoid any potential unsafe driving conditions, there you go. Video conference might be an option for that meeting. Mm-hmm. And then being able to access all of the things online at all time, all your performance, all of your documents, everything. I mean, I think that's just table stakes now that you, you have to have that as a, as a financial advisor in 2018. And then, uh, you know, one of the, the last things that, that I can think of is, 
you know, how is your advisor communicating with you and, you know, what mediums are they using? Um, you know, for us, there's a lot of different ways that people learn. Uh, people learn and in visual ways and audio ways. And, and so if you're listening to this podcast, you might be more of a, an, a you know, an, an audio type learner uh, versus a visual learner. I don't know if I said that right or not, but, um, you know, it's just a situation where we want to communicate with our clients, be transparent. And is your financial advisor doing the same thing? Uh, we try to push out a lot of content, a lot of educational content, and we try not to have this black box inside here where, you know, people come to us and they feel like, like it's not a collaborative situation. I mean, that's that's the worst thing. When you walk into somebody's office, you know that the other person has knowledge that you don't have, and they kind of keep that knowledge from you, and it's top-down. And we like to work in a different manner. We like to work collaboratively with our clients. We have a, a ton of clients that are, you know, I, I can say speak for myself. I don't know about Nate and Mitch. They're smart guys, but I, I know that a lot of our clients are far more intelligent than I am at what they do. Um, but what I can say is that, you know, I know a lot about financial advising. I've done it for a long time. Uh, and so, you know, I have experience there. And so just because somebody is intelligent in a field does not mean that they don't need financial advice. And I think, uh, you know, one of those situations, classic example for me is, is engineers, Mitch, and you, I know you can speak to that too, is, you know, engineers are incredibly intelligent in their discipline and, uh, you know, being able to provide advice, for engineers and being able to, you know, kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and show them how the sausage is made a little bit and show them, you know, that this is a collaborative relationship. Yes, you're smart. We're smart, too. And, uh, you know, we can give you a hand with anything that you need. Exactly. And with, with engineers, they might, they, they're fully capable mentally of eventually learning some of this stuff, right? And, and they probably could do it themselves if they really wanted to. But I found also that a lot of people, engineers, for example, don't have the time or the desire to learn it all themselves. So that's where we come in. We are their advisor, right? They trust us to do the job. They trust us to do not only just the investment management, but the full plan, because that's something that they don't have the, the time or the desire to do it. And I think your advisor has to have flexibility in being able to provide you know, what they want, you know, and an engineer might want a very detailed cash flow, you know, based financial plan. Uh, whereas somebody that is a, a school teacher might want a goals based. I just want to know I'm fine. You know, that they, they want to spend time more so time talking about, um, you know, they're not talking about the nuances of the tax code. They want more of a higher level sort of approach to it and more of a goals-based approach, whereas an engineer might want to get down in the weeds and see all the different details. Um, and so your financial advisor has to have the flexibility and the knowledge, um, and I'll call it emotional intelligence, to be able to sit down with that client and determine what their needs are and how to best meet those needs. Yeah, I, th I think that's a great point. That doesn't mean that one is right and one is wrong. doesn't mean that the... Um, you know, the, the, the cost flow analysis that the engineer desires is better or is, is, is more uh, intelligent, if you will, than, than a more visual financial plan that, that's more goals-based. It, people have, um, you know, ways of learning and, and they, they need to be suited. And if the advisor only has one way of doing things, then they are, in that, you know, a clear example, you can see how if an advisor only had one way of presenting a financial plan, it's going to hurt either the engineer or it's going to hurt, uh, you know, the school teacher in the example. And so that that's the issue that we have with people that don't adhere as well to technology or that don't put the client first in more of a client-centric relationship when it comes to technology and where the firm spends their money and how they 
um, you know, deliver that message to their clients. If the advisor is not adaptable and the advisor isn't uh, efficient, then the client is the one that loses in the end. And in our opinion, that's not acceptable and that's not the way that financial planning should work. So um, wrapping this up, the clear the, the, the points that we wanted to make uh, to, to our clients that are listening are we have many different modes and mediums to be able to communicate with you and to be able to interact with you. If you were not aware that we could do things like video conferences for, for meetings, and you are um, interested in that, by all means, take us up on that. You can find that right on our website when you book an appointment. You just book it, book it as a video conference. And one of the other things is that we can give you access to your financial plan, um, you know, and you can take a look at that. Some of our clients take up us up on that, and a lot of clients don't. So I, I think that that might be an area that, you know, if you want to be able to touch your financial plan on a regular, ongoing basis, we're happy to give you access to that. Uh, most people have access to Blue Leaf, which is our reporting software, but um, many people don't have the, the financial planning software as well. So, And I'd like to take a, a moment to thank anybody that's stayed on here and listened to it. Um, you know, what w- Mitch, over the last few days, uh, had somebody come up to him. What do they say to you, Mitch? Is, which which is, uh, time are you referring to? The, the give me some truth. There there was there was a give me some truther out oh, there. Oh, there there are some give me some truthers out there. And I, I was catching up with some old colleagues, and one came right up to me and said, "Mitch, the give me some truth guy. <laughs> that's awesome." Yeah. So traction. we thank everyone. To Beautiful do that. traction. That's right. So anybody happening. that stayed on and continues to to listen to this, thank you so much. Uh, if you want to send us any topics or anything like that. Please do not hesitate to send them our way because you know what we'll do a podcast on it if it's not too out there. But uh, right yeah. now, I've I've held this back as long as I can, but I have to give credit where credit is due. Iterative, a relating to or involving iteration, especially of mathematical or computational process. There you go. I, I got to give credit. That's that's a legit use of that word. It was used in the correct way. So there you, you go. Know, Congrats. The recent, the newly you. minted MBA, you know, is coming in and and uh, making a presence on the podcast. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Um, As Clint uh, said, if you have topics you want us to cover, please do not uh, hold those back. Let us know, and we will talk to you soon. Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and Mitch DeWitt are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make should be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.